0: All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I got to sit down with my friend, Zach Rao, who works with me here in Iowa City with the Salt Company. Uh, He does all of our international ministry. He actually does a lot of stuff with the tech team, and he's kind of a jack of all trades here. Um, A genius in what seems like everything. He's very, very smart. Uh, He has had some crazy life experiences. We talked a lot about just kind of his... I don't know, his upbringing, how he got to where he is, and uh, some of the spiritual disciplines that he has employed in his life. Get this. My man used to wake up at 4 a.m. and read his Bible for four to eight hours a day as a college student. So everybody who makes excuses about how you can't read your Bible, wrong. Listen to what Zach says. It's crazy. Um, We talked about what it's like working, uh, ministry as a job, and we also talked about him being a Dungeons & Dragons Master, I'm mean, dungeon master, dragon. I don't know. You're gonna have to hear it for yourself. Uh, so, without further ado, here's my friend Zach. Rao. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Grain of Salt. My name is Mikey, and I'm here with my friend, my peer, my coworker, Zachary Rao. It's an honor to be here, Zachary. Dakri. you're the second.
1: I am. I am the second.
0: Zachary, Luke Rao the second.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: But if somebody were to ask you, is your dad
1: the first? You would say no. Yeah, I would say no. He's Christopher Michael Rao, not Zachary Luke Rao.
0: And then the the next likely thing would be, well, what about your grandpa? Is his name? And the answer is still no. Yeah, his name is Ronald Rao. So where does it come
1: from? Uh, it comes from my my dad's twin. So my dad was born as a twin Boom. up in Saint Paul, Minneapolis, about being bing. Um, yeah, he was born as a twin, and uh, due to some like complications after childbirth, they were put in an unclean incubator together because back in the day, that's where they put they put twins in like the same area after they were born. And uh, his twin actually got like spinal meningitis or something like crazy from that and ended up dying. But that my is dad insane. Yeah, my dad didn't have any like symptoms like that or anything. So they ended up. Just crazy lawsuit with the hospital, just like all the stuff mm. went down, they moved back to Iowa, and uh, yeah, so when I was born, my dad wanted to name me after his like, nice. twin that he never really That's got. That's actually to sick.
0: Know. Yeah, pretty cool. You said one of the first things you want to talk about was your first impression of me, and I have no idea what it is. Oh, yeah, this
1: is great. <laughs> <laughs> Let it rip. All right, so um, I met you, I've only known you for like three years. I know. Which it's is crazy. It's insane that I have not been here as long as it feels. Yeah, totally. Like, it feels like I've been here forever. It but. feels like if you were to like take the essence of like Iowa City, uh-huh. it'd be Mikey Stewart.
0: Well, I don't know about that. But. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> anyway,
1: so uh, it was at the leader's retreat your junior year oh, when you yep. just got here. Yep. Okay, so some like background information is I was just finishing my summer trip with salt, yeah. and i just gotten back, and the whole summer, all I heard about was Annie Rue talking about you. The whole summer, like, oh, Mikey does this. Mikey does it like this. Mikey does it like that. So I was like, I had this kind of caricature of who you were without ever knowing you.
0: That is so funny.
1: Yeah. And I had like this, this like really weird paranoia when I got back from, <laughs> <laughs> from, from my, my trip. And I, I got to the leaders meeting and, you know, they're kind of like doling out all of like, this is who you're leading with. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like almost crushed in my seat. I was like, Mikey's going to be... Like in charge of me, he's gonna be like this secret leader, and I'm gonna have to like <laughs> listen charge. to what he says. And it like it just wrecked me. I was like, I was like sitting with seat, I was like, I don't want to be with this guy. Because really? This crazy. Yeah, I don't know why. It was just like this weird because like i saw you and everyone was like dude mikey and like i love you and i was like how do you even know this guy like i have no idea who he is so he kinda of came in like this <laughs> this hot shot on the street right i was like please god don't don't put me with this guy wow um which that was great funny. because i think that was just a really dumb uh thought that i had because there was mm-hmm. no way they were gonna put us together because we're just so different yeah, yeah. i don't know um so yeah, I ended up doing my own secret and you did yours, but that was like the first like distinct memory I had is like freaking Mikey at the leaders retreat. He's going to be in charge of me. I was kind of mad about it. Do but. you know
0: what mine is now that you say that?
1: Yeah. No, I actually, I don't know.
0: You have to know what's coming. We were put on the same tribe.
1: Oh no. The
0: yellow tribe. It was Yumi and Josie and yes, Rachel Cannon and else. <laughs> And uh, one of the activities we had to do was like this trivia. And if you didn't get the answer right, you had to swim to the trampoline. It was a
1: horrible idea for a leadership retreat.
0: Terrible idea. But, sorry, I feel like I gained this up too much. Um, but our team got a lot of them wrong. And yes. so... We had to swim a lot for whatever reason. I don't remember. You swam. You ended up swallowing a bunch of the water.
1: Yeah, because they made you put on, like, because I did swim in high school. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know, like, how to freestyle swim. That's, like, what I did for, like, eight hours every day, like, for a whole year of my mm-hmm. life. So, when you when you have that <laughs> muscle memory and then you're forced to put a, a life jacket on. Oh, And it yeah. completely messes up because of, you know, policies for the camp or whatever. So, like, you can't do your strokes right because mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. go flat with the water um, like you're supposed to and keep your head down. So I'm like trying to twist to like breathe and I'm just sucking in water and it's awful. just And then when we were experience. singing, we had to sing a song. We were you sing jingle
0: bells, I thought. Yep. Yeah. In front of Dalton, and you threw up everywhere. I threw up everywhere. That was my first impression of you, now that you say that. Yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> Good. I'm glad Wildly we started off like different that. Different perspectives. <laughs> uh dude, why don't we just go into a little bit of your story? It can be as in depth or short or whatever as you want, but just who are
1: you? What what makes up who you are and how did mm. you get here and all that good stuff? Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is kind of funny. Um, I got saved like when I was a sophomore in high school. I had grew up with really no kind of church background. Mm-hmm. We, we went like very rarely uh, as a kid and. Yeah, just was never really in Des Moines, right? Yeah, I grew Des, Moines, up in Des Moines, Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln, real Des Moines, not not Johnston, not Irvingdale, not, yep. not Ankeny, Waukee. No, it's straight up Des Moines. There Des Moines Lincoln High School. So I kind of peeps me off when people say, uh-huh. hey, "I'm from Des Moines." It's like, "Yeah, I'm from Chicago." Yeah, you know? yeah, no, totally not. Anyway, yeah, high school got invited to youth group, started going, ended up getting saved sophomore year of high school, and then. College was really never in the picture for me. I just mm-hmm. never had a plan to go. Um, but an opportunity came up to where I could live with my girlfriend at the time's grandparents in Kelowna, just south of Iowa City, for free. Oh like, they would buy they'd buy my groceries. They would not charge me rent. And I'd get the whole basement of their house out in the middle of nowhere for free.
0: And they were, like, totally down to do this? Yeah.
1: They're, you know, they're, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, it was super weird. So, I ended up living in their basement my whole freshman year, um... Yeah, that's like the only way I was really able to go to college because, like, I didn't. I mean, I kind of messed around in high school, didn't have like any scholarships yeah. or anything like that, you know? So, um, it was kind of crazy, but yeah, broke
0: up, right? Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we started dating, and then, um, about halfway, well, actually, right over Christmas break, we ended up breaking up. So, I ended up, and her grandparents had, you know, they like had a uh, place down south in like Texas where they stayed all winter. Mm-hmm. So, I, I kind of got back in January for school, and I was just hanging out. Um,
0: and they weren't there yet. They or... weren't
1: there. And so they got, they got back like halfway through <laughs> February. And eventually, she kind of looks at me and goes, well, how is so-and-so? And I, and I looked at her, looked at her grandma, and I was like, you know, we haven't talked recently. <laughs> and she goes, oh. And that was it. And we never talked about it again. But you
0: just kept living there.
1: I kept living there in the basement. They never asked me to leave. You know, they still did everything for me.
0: That is insane that they're like buying you groceries and stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: And she would like, she would almost like (laughs) refuse to let me cook uh, my own food. Like it was like, let me cook for you. I want to cook for you. I want to like bless you. It doesn't
0: get much better than that.
1: It really didn't. The only thing that was horrible about it is it (laughs) like it kind of made it hard to like hang out with people. Sure. Just because...
0: And get to class, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, so I'd wake up like two hours before my class started and then kind of get ready, take the drive my car from Kelowna to like that old Menards south of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd park there and wait for the bus to get there and take another 30 mm. minutes on the bus into into campus. That's then, crazy. Yeah, so after Salt on Thursdays, my freshman year, I'd have to like sprint to the bus stop because if I didn't make it in time, I couldn't go wow. home or like, some, like someone would have to drive me to my car or something like that, so... It's pretty, uh, it made it a little bit harder to like get to know people. So I didn't actually get involved like freshman group or anything until Mm -hmm. like halfway through my freshman year. But yeah, I mean, did that, kind of went through the SALT process and eventually they were like, so do you want a job here? (laughs) So I was like, sure. Okay. Awesome. Went through the pipeline. The pipeline. Yeah. People love saying that.
0: Nice. So then uh, how does that lead you into your job today?
1: Yeah. So I guess that kind of all stems right back to when I was getting back from my summer trip overseas yeah, well, I yeah. was like meeting you and I was uh I kind of came back and I was like well like you know I just had like a great summer sharing the gospel with people that never heard it before and all this crazy stuff happened saw like eight people get saved the same night just wow. like boom 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 like all back to back you kind of see like the little lights on their head kind of mm. flickering on um which was sweet and I came back and I was like what if that could happen here kind of had this idea toying around with it talking to David because he was my d group leader at mm-hmm. the time and so Started doing, like, an English corner with international students uh, at the university, and then we turned that into just, like, uh, hanging out at uh, Shay's house for a while nice. on Friday nights. We'd do, like, dinners with students. Nothing, no Bible studies or anything, just hanging out, get to know them, and then that eventually turned into, like, family groups that we have today with, like, Bible studies and hosts and all that good stuff. So. Wow. Yeah. So basically, my uh, junior year, I was kind of overseeing that. Had two family groups, and then we had three my senior year. and Now we have four this year. My first year. Awesome. Out of, out of college, so you started
0: so. doing that stuff your sophomore year.
1: Um, started doing like the groundwork of just kind of like laying a foundation for like meeting internationals. Yeah. And nobody asked you to do that. You just kind of wanted to. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a couple of people on staff that were kind of pushing me towards that, like David, and in some part, James Shelley, when he was on Mm -hmm. staff, was also uh, a great point of reference for that, just kind of getting me the resources that I needed to kind of get going and stuff, so, For sure.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that's kind of, like, the model of, like, if you want a job in ministry, (laughs) just do the job for, like, a couple years (laughs) without getting paid. And then eventually you'll get paid for it. Oh, totally.
1: It's like, uh, man, we should start paying you for that. Yeah, you know, instead right, of, yeah, right. We don't really make positions here. We just make hires. I yeah. don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um.
0: So what is it? What does your job look like on a day-to-day basis now? Like, what does international ministry at Salt Company in Iowa City look like?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, our we have two, well, actually, we have four family groups, three that meet on a Friday and then one that meets on a Monday evenings. And so we basically... Um, my job day to day is just kind of on top of like, you know, helping out with salt company and doing stuff like that. Uh, just trying to meet international students, taking out um, IFC leaders to go and meet new people, mm-hmm. um, because that can be kind of a crazy thing to do when you just walk up to someone from all the way across the world. And you're like, hey, I want to be your friend. And people are like, are you sure? Yeah. You know, it's just it's not normal here. Um, so it's kind of creating that culture. Uh, but then like making a weekly Bible study. Um, so like this, this year we've been going through Romans. So every week, uh, (laughs) IFC leaders would kind of laugh because the past couple weeks haven't been super great at sending out that email, Mm -hmm. but, um, trying to come up with uh, some kind of guide, just like say like, Hey, this is kind of how I'm seeing like Romans six in like the con, like in the context of sharing this with someone that has no idea what any of what Paul's saying. It's like for Mm -hmm. like the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ. Like, okay, what does that even mean? Um, especially for someone that comes from a completely different culture, doesn't have the background. So I kind of have to think through Bible studies, not as like getting to like the nitty gritty of the text, but like how can I explain this to someone in literally the simplest words in English that I know how to use. Sure. Hmm. Um, so that requires a lot of thought and then planning some events and stuff. So like we did a bonfire this semester mm-hmm. and plan on doing some more, but we got our big retreat coming up in January. So getting ready for that. Nice. Yeah. Last year we had like 30 or 40 people from Iowa city go, um, that's crazy how are you meeting these students I mean literally I, on the street I mean uh, the most of the friends that I've made I've made at the old cat mall just during lunch
0: you just <laughs> walk up to them and you're like hey can I sit here and then yeah, and start talking say, to them
1: yeah they'll say uh, most of the time they'll say yes and they're kind of it's really awkward haha yes yeah, sure mm-hmm. why not um, sometimes they'll say no I'm busy and then they'll go back to looking at their phone or watching hmm. League of Legends or something on their phone yeah um, but yeah sometimes like one of my best friends his name's Ivan uh, here uh, he Basically, I sat down with him my sophomore year of college and just was like, hey, what's up? My name's Zach. like your tattoos. They're super sweet. Nice. He's like, oh, thanks. That's awesome. We've been friends ever since. He's been coming to group for the past three or four years. so Or three years, yeah. That's so, awesome. Just fun because, uh, yeah, it's definitely a weird thing to do to just go up on the street uh, and ask someone to be your friend, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm kind of a weird person, so it doesn't really bother me that much, I guess. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So where's, like... The passion and the heart and like the vision for it come from? I don't know if that makes sense. Like hmm. was there something that you heard that made you think we need to be doing this? Like was it a certain stat or was it just hmm. like a friend that you had that started this or what? Where does where's does the desire
1: come from? Yeah, I think it's just always been and it's kind of weird too, because I don't I don't have like the like international missions need to, needs to be, like, the sole focus of the church. I, don't, yeah. I feel like a lot of people in my position kind of have that um, stereotype, I guess. And, and it's not yes. definitely not, like, over-encompassing for everyone, right? But it's just like, oh, there's, like, the person saying, we need to be better at this, you know? Uh, and I, I try not to do that because there's, like, even at Veritas, like, there's so many cool things going on. Mm-hmm. And, like, who am I to say, like, oh, but we should be doing this. And, like, granted, you know, there's, there's always room for growth and stuff in that. Um, but the reality is, like, as a church, like, we're doing a lot of the things the right way. And, like, I don't want to diminish that by saying, like, always focusing on, like, what we could be doing better and, like, praising God sure. for what he's already doing in our church. And so, um, yikes, I almost yanked that whole cord out. That would have been awesome. It would have been sweet. Um, <clears throat> kind of the passion, I guess, it was, like, all throughout the, my discipleship kind of as a Christian. So kind of the first family I got to get to know... When I became a Christian, my sophomore year, I went to India almost every year, every other year, uh, going on prayer treks through the mountains. Um, No way. Yeah, so they'd go for like two weeks, uh, just up in the mountains, like pray for unreached people groups there Hmm. and try to make relationships with those people. And so being... uh, the family that I was kind of most closely involved with when I first became a Christian, uh, that was pretty sh- molding for nice. me, I guess. It really shaped me to just kind of have a passion for people that just don't know the gospel in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just, like, my story, it's like, man, I was a person that had no knowledge of of Jesus until my, my sophomore year of high school. Like, granted, you could say, like, oh, American culture, you have, like, outlets to learn, but, like, how much more effective is it when that person invites you to youth group or when that person right. actually shares the gospel with you? Like... Sure, I knew like Jesus was a person, but I had no idea what he did for me or like why that was such a big deal until I went. So just kind of making a structure for that to happen for international students um, in in an environment that they can feel comfortable um, Mm -hmm. either agreeing or disagreeing with that was like my main focus and vision for that. And I think I got not necessarily that vision, but kind of the idea of like international ministry uh, in general from, I think, John 3 or 4, I should know that. But it's basically like this guy. Uh, Jesus heals the man. He kind of like had like a whole like legion of demons in him, is like what mm-hmm. it says. And he like he gets healed by Jesus, and he's like begging Jesus to like let me follow you. I want to be your disciple. All this stuff, and Jesus says like no, go back to Decapolis and tell your whole family and everyone that you know what I've done for you. Mm. And so like my idea for IFC here is like what if we get people from China, from Indonesia, from Malaysia, from Africa, from the Middle East. They come here they hear about what Jesus did for them and they go back home to their families and tell them about it. Yep. So that's kind of my big idea with it.
0: That's sweet, man. That's really cool. Um, how is working with college or uh, international students different than just like working with regular college students? Because you work with both. Yeah. So like, what are some of the big differences
1: <laughs> you see? <laughs> um, yeah, they're both more, way more mature than the other in way different ways, if mm, that makes sense. Nice. So... With the international students, they're very mature in, like, regards to how they respect authority and how they love their families. Interesting. But on the other hand, like, regular college students that we work with on a day-to-day basis is, um, you know, they're way more independent and can make kind of, like, their own decisions at a younger age than maybe international students generally Mm do. Uh, So it's kind of a weird dynamic (laughs) for sure. Because when you're in the context of discipling both of those, you kind of have to switch your brain a little bit, depending on if I'm going to D group or if I'm going to family group or if I'm having lunch with who or, Mm. you know, um, because there's different things to talk about. There's different things that are more important to talk about. You know, for example, like asking about how, you know, someone's mom is doing when they're from China, like means way more than if I asked like Nolan Shea, like, dude, Mm. how's your mom doing? Like, obviously like they both care. But like for me to ask, you know, my friend from China that it's like, wow, this person actually thinks about me in, like, the way that I'm used to being thought of in mm-hmm. my culture. And that's, like, makes that relationship just a lot deeper, I guess, so.
0: Super interesting. My grandma's full Korean. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I remember one time, I don't even know if this has anything to, like, do with what we're talking about, but it just made me think of one time she sat me and my brother down, Riley, me and Riley, he's the next oldest. Hmm. And she's, like, I want you guys to listen to me, and I'm like, okay, yeah. She goes, I want you, one of you, to name your firstborn son Kim hmm. for me, and I was like, Riley will do it. i gonna name my firstborn son Kim. But it's just that idea of like family is so important, oh, totally, to her. and like the way we represent her. Hmm. She's like so embarrassed by <laughs> basically <laughs> the way I look, <laughs> like my tattoos, the nose ring. She hates it. Like she yeah. thinks that I'm super embarrassing and like Mm. disgraceful. Not actually, she's like actually really proud of me, but she'll say stuff like that all the time. Like you're a disgrace and like you embarrass me. I'm like, Oh, come on grandma. Like, you know, (laughs) it's not that big a deal, but to her it is a big deal because totally I'm like representing her the way that, but I just like never think like that. So Hmm. it's, yeah, I'm sure it would appear in a lot of international ministry. You you kind of started doing stuff your sophomore year Mm. and you got, eased into it this
1: is your first year of full-time ministry yeah what's it been like it's been weird oh um, I? yeah well i mean you you i get hired in uh what june right is when i yep. officially started and there's like nothing to do in the summer except think really hard about stuff that i have no idea about what's going on mm. like how do we how do we think about the kickoff like what do we want to do differently this year like how are we going to go about that it's like yeah. i don't know um so it's just, it was like a lot of me just sitting there in meetings, I had no idea why I was even there for mm-hmm. like the first couple of months. And then like the tidal wave came of like fall semester and it's like uh, week six or seven in the semester, you're like, oh, like this is, <laughs> this is what I'm doing on yeah. like a day-to-day basis. You know, it's like, um, I think Drew Stevenson said it pretty accurately to Hamby. It's like you can work anywhere between 20 to 60 hours in a week mm-hmm. uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely not like a steady nine to five as much as we kind of tried to make that, you know, a thing. Um, Yeah. So I think I was uh, kind of unprepared for that because even like as an intern for the past couple years, I was just like, yeah, I had my thing on Fridays that I did and I didn't really have like a ton of Mm -hmm. other responsibilities. But now it's like, now there's like all these meetings we have to do to like plan events and there's like uh, all this discipleship that needs to happen through our student leaders. So I got to be around for that. There's overseas interviews and stuff like that. And so that's that's like a ton of work hours that I just had no idea. And there's not really a structure for them per se. Yep. So uh, I think I was thrown off by that quite a bit. Uh, it, well, it definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's not like a comfortable job by any means, but mm-hmm. I think that's good and right, especially for me now, just kind of making sure that my identity, like, isn't in the position that I have, but it's in, like, who Jesus has made me to be. For sure. To, like, work that position, so.
0: What do you think are people's common misconceptions about what it's like to work in ministry?
1: Uh, I think people think it's it's just a ton of fun, and it is. Like, I think, yes, it is that, in fact, it's more fun than you think it's going to be. Absolutely. But at the same time, you have to take the good with the bad, you know? And so, like, we've even had a ton of conversations, like, this semester that are just, like, man, heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you when you have to dig into the lives of, like, 100, 150 people as deep as we have to, like, there's tragedy just everywhere, you know? For sure. And so, I think people just don't, you know, they just think about all the advantages of like getting to be able to have like such a a great staff team that we have here and just being able to work together and pursue like a common goal of making Jesus known here, which is sweet. Um, But they don't necessarily think about like the cost that that has, Mm. you know? And so they, they even might think about it, but it's kind of like a, a trivial thing you know, it's like, they don't have to think about the weight of, of that because, you know, it's easier to kind of see the glory or whatever, uh, from their perspective, but it's like a battle to like fight for hope in those situations at times, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. When, uh, <clears throat> Ryan was kind of prepping me on like what my first year of ministry was going to be like, hmm. what it made me think of was the way that I think about a CrossFit workout. Like I, the I workouts are going to say across yes. reference somewhere. The workouts are always posted beforehand and I can look at it hmm. and know, well, I think this is going to feel like this and I'll probably do this in two sets or whatever and have this plan, but it always ends up feeling way worse than I anticipated it to. Sure. Like it's way harder yeah. than I think it's going to be hmm. always. So now second year, I mean, I don't know if I would say that was totally how I was my first year like yeah. I mean, it's hard, but any job's hard yeah. and you know, like you said, the good with the bad. So, but the second year I have a more accurate, I think, hmm. understanding of how exactly it's going to feel. Like I know sure. when, when overseas interviews come around this time, I know how it's going to feel because I did it once,
1: <laughs> you sure. know, or like, but now you're doing it with like half the staff team that you did Right. year before. I know.
0: But this year, like this Christmas break right now,
1: yeah, I'm enjoying
0: this way more because Mm. I know I remember what it was like last year like this is probably one of the slowest times of the year which is great because Hmm. there's not too many slow times yeah and so now I'm like enjoying it even more and so Hmm.
1: yeah I'm having a blast though man yeah it's been fun I mean it's been way more fun than I thought it was gonna be Mm -hmm. in like unexpected ways like even just actually getting to like know you and know ryan Mm -hmm. and olivia and emily you know it's it's when you have a staff team as small as ours it makes it really easy to go deep for sure um yeah it's just kind of funny like contrasting even when i first met you and like what i thought it's just yeah you know it's completely just not true you know and so it's been fun just to dive deep and do life
0: what do you think the future of ministry looks like for you
1: you think i'll do it for a long time I hope to, you know, if I don't do something stupid, yeah. you know, that'd be, uh, the goal. That's another right? hilarious thing is like, <laughs> you're always
0: one day away from being fired. Oh yeah. This job, you know? <laughs> all, like, I,
1: all I need to do is screw up once really badly. And it's yeah. like my career could be just over yep. in ministry. Um, which I think, yeah, is another thing. Maybe people don't take into account like holiness, like yeah. matters. And like, we try to push holiness like a ton in like our leadership team, you know, but like as people that want to like, lead those people, like,
0: you got to bring it,
1: you got to bring it. Yeah. And so that's even been good. I feel like the, the call of ministry on, on my life is sure. good because I tend to be like a fairly unmotivated person around structure. Like I, I like spontaneous motivation, but having like a, a consistency to that, uh, is good for me. Nice. Um, what was it? What was your question? that you The just future? Asked? What do you think the future? The future? Like? Yeah. Um, I, I would hope to continue to be here. Um, honestly, That'd be my number one pick. Uh, obviously, like overseas could be a, a possibility. It's not super high on my radar right now just because um, it feels like the ways that I might be gifted. And that's I think that's been another thing about first-year ministry is just trying to figure out what mm-hmm. I'm actually good at. Um, but it feels like the things that I'm, I'm tending to be good at um, by God's grace is things that might work better for me over here. It might not. Um, but that's kind of how I feel about it. So it'd be fun to just stay here for a while and dig yeah. in deep into Iowa city and see what that looks like. It might be going on a church plan. I don't know. Nice. It's tough to tell. I like, I, I hate to put like a label on it cause I don't want to like hold on to anything right. too hard, but I also want to like fit, f- like focus on the present enough to where I'm able to do what I need to do today. If that makes sense. Yep. So Yeah. that's good.
0: Um, When I asked you, you know, what you want to talk about in the podcast, the biggest thing you said is, what'd you say, the virtue of growth in the Christian life? Yeah, yeah. What's that mean? So, like, walk me through that.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not like a necessarily like an official Christian virtue by any means, you know, but um, I feel like like the majority of my life, like, you know, if like, you know, some people get like the first place award, some people get like the second place award. Um, My award in life that I most consistently get is the most improved award. Nice. You know, and so <laughs> you're not like in first or second <laughs> or third or fourth really, but like you got the most better sure. out of anyone. Um, And I feel like, you know, that's just so me. Um, I went like my freshman year, barely able to like sing on key, you know, my freshman year acquired to like junior year, like, Winning state, you know, you won state well, like a state section and competition. So there's like a state competition, but like each state competition has like its own center. And my quartet that I was a part of won like, really, one of those centers. So yeah, we got to go to Ames and like do our thing. Wow, there.
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like definitely not as big of a deal as like <laughs> it sounds. Um, no, dude, you're a state champ, no, oh, <laughs> no, well, there was all state too for choir, which oh, I never okay, made okay. that. Um, but I was most improved, right? Yeah, so. Uh, I feel like through that, like through choir or like whatever, I feel like I've been, people have just affirmed that like growth is like something that's common in my life, I guess. Mm. And I'd say like, that's fairly true in my Christianity too. Uh, it's just like every six months, I look back at me six months ago and I was like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, I was an idiot. Yes. Um. So yeah, like aiming to be even most improved in the past six months of ministry is like uh, motivating to me you know yeah. like I, I want to feel better than I did six months ago at doing ministry like mm-hmm. I don't feel like being bad at something isn't necessarily like it bothersome to me it's like being incompetent at something like where there's no like potential for growth that's when that mm-hmm. gets frustrating for me so like for ping-pong like yeah. last year when I started playing with you guys, it was like so frustrating because I couldn't even like return one hit. Yeah, you know, last year. It was like I was I was undoubtedly like the worst person yeah. on the staff. But now it's like I'm I'm really solid like in the lower middle, you know. You're definitely most improved ping pong. Player. Most That's improved for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I can like all these different like external We went um, at it the other day. Dude, we did go at it. Yeah, we went what, we played five like, games and I won the first two, but then you won the last three in a row, I think. Yeah, but it was... Each one was, it was close. bloody. Yeah, it was very bloody. It was bloody. We had like triple, quadruple over time. Yeah, it was that was great. It was messy. But like last year, it was like... Oh, it was a wash every time. It was like, oh, 11, Mikey every, every game. Well,
0: Drake was probably worse than you. I hope he listens to this and hears <laughs> that he was the worst ping pong player.
1: No. <laughs> Not actually. No, Drake, Drake wiped the floor with me, too. I love um, giving him a hard time. Well, he deserves it. Yeah. So. Who is Drake anyway? I don't even know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what's like a way you've seen growth, like you said, in in just like your Christian walk? Yeah. Like what are some of the ways that when you think about it, you look back and you're like, man, God's really brought me a long ways in in this regard.
1: Totally. I think like the sweetest time of growth I ever experienced is probably my second semester of uh, sophomore year of college. Mm. It was like... I had you know, gotten back from my overseas team, um, we were doing stuff kind of internationally starting for the first time in a while here, um, things were going really good. I was working at Cheddar's uh, nice, full-time yeah, right. the semester before and I was t- doing full-time school and that just was awful with like leadership and all that stuff yeah. too, so I dropped a whole bunch of hours <laughs> from Cheddar's just so I could make just enough money to pay like all my bills on mm-hmm. the month, you know? Um, but what I started doing that semester, and I mainly started doing this because David was like, "You have to preach like a ten minute sermon at some point this semester, so you got like you got to be ready for it." Um, yeah, I started waking up at like four in the morning every day. I'd go to bed at nine. I'd wake up at four, and I would spend like anywhere between four to eight hours every day reading my Bible and praying, like up until like ten or noon usually. Um, you would you would spend eight hours? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So, like, sometimes I'd fall asleep in the early morning, you know. it's Well, yeah, I mean, waking there, up at four, that's... You'll get there. We'll give you a little bit of grace there. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just felt like this really big fire was just kind of lit under me where it's like, if I actually want to do ministry, like, I got to work way harder than I'm doing mm. right now. You know, like, I got to make it. You know, like what Mark Aaron says, like, if you want it there, you got to bring it, yeah. you know. And so <laughs> uh, I had this, like, this purely spirit-driven motivation to actually try really hard at doing, like, Bible reading and praying and Mm. and fasting and, uh, like, memorizing the scripture, you know? And so, that was, like, that whole semester, like, really consistently consistently (coughs) waking up early, making sure, like, hours of my day were, like, devoted to God. And then, after that, I'd either go to school and then, or go to work and then come back and do whatever for the rest of the night, and then go to bed pretty early, but it was like, it was really unnatural, and I, like, I haven't had, like, a season in my life Mm. similar to that, you know, since then, I'm, like, praying that I get another one soon, you know, because that was just, I look back on my life, and I would say, like, man, that was, like, when I figured out just a lot about what it means to be a Christian man in Mm. 2019 in Iowa City, you know, it's just, I've learned a lot because I was spending a ton of time with Jesus, and I think... Uh, David still says that was like the best sermon I've ever preached just because mm-hmm. of like that intensity or like that closeness that he saw that I had in those moments, you know? Wow. And so uh, it's been interesting kind of coming off of that, though, because people are like, oh, you're like that guy that wakes up at four in the morning. It's like, dude, I definitely don't do that right now. Yeah. You know, um, so even that like reputation is just kind of uh, not necessarily true for me anymore. Like I, I would like it to be mm-hmm. um, still trying to figure that out but it's more like waking up at 5.30, 6, maybe 7. Depends on the day, really, with ministry, because it's like, yeah. dude, after salt, that's like, I don't want to get out of bed before like 8 or 9 right. in the yeah. morning. You know, it's like after, after all the stuff that we do, uh, just taking a nice rest from that. But I think the thing that I've grown the most in this semester is just like realizing like Sabbath days for us mm-hmm. like still need to be, spirit-led if that makes sense and so like mm. I would basically try to take our Sabbath days um for myself and just try to do what I wanted to do and do it when I wanted to do them and and just kind of squeeze uh pleasure or enjoyment out of them sure but uh for one of our classes that we actually had the discipleship class that we had or the evangelism one whatever mm-hmm. um, we had to like just sit for eight hours and like d- practice spiritual disciplines for eight hours and I felt like that was almost like me looking back in time or whatever to like me, mm-hmm. my my sophomore year and kind of reliving that for a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, just the growth or like the fruit from that was just awesome. And mm-hmm. so just focusing that even like my rest doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And like I should give that rest to him so that he can fill me up and not so that I can like try to fill myself up with what I want to do. Sure. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. When you would wake up that early. Yeah, how much Bible would you read?
1: Yeah, so I went through um I mean I w- I would read really really big chunks of Bible. So I want to say in that like 3 or 4 month period, I probably went through the whole Old Testament and the New Testament twice.
0: Are you serious?
1: Not the whole Old Testament, but the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. Just oh, okay. going through it. Yeah. That's insane. Cuz when you have that much time, I mean it only takes like what, 72 hours to read the whole Bible, yeah, right? Yeah, I guess. And so if I spend like 4 hours a day reading it, you know, except for like Saturday, Sunday, sure. Five days a week. Um, yeah, gets to be like every three weeks, you're almost through it all, you know? So, uh, it's pretty good, but kind of, yeah, sometimes I would, I would read more Bible. Sometimes I would pray more. I was really big into like intercessory prayer at that time. So like I had a list of like everyone I knew basically and like their name, like how I should pray for them, like what I should be praying for, like if they asked me to pray for them or like what I felt like I should be praying for. So like, Everyone in my C group at the time, you know, salt leaders, staff, all those people. I just, like, had this, like, journal, like, from the back to the front, like, just filled with names of people that I'd pray for.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Wow.
0: Yeah. What? So what do your spiritual disciplines look like today? Like, you, like you said, you don't, you know, you're not at that point anymore, but, mm. and, you know, you don't have to, like, feel bad about it. Because, like Mark always <laughs> sure. says, Everything that you start, you're going to end up stopping. Yeah. So, just, like, keep starting Mm -hmm. over again. So, like, what are the things that you've either kept doing or started doing again or what?
1: Yeah. So, I think uh, it's helpful to know that, like, what Mark says. And it's also just, like, (laughs) logically thinking about my life. Like, dude, I had literally zero responsibilities my sophomore year of college. Now, it's like, okay, I'm married. I got a full-time job. And, like, I I just have a lot less time on my hands. So, like... Just think about even logically, I have less hours of the day that I can use for that kind of stuff. But even then, still, I should be using those hours for that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I feel like one of my, I guess, one of my best uh, spiritual disciplines or most improved or whatever you want to say is probably memorization. Just in like the past two years or three years that I've actually started memorizing the Bible, I have like about 100 verses or so on my app that I go through. And so.
0: Is it scripture typer?
1: Yeah. Dude, that nice. app is sweet. It's only like nine ninety nine for the premium version and you can have unlimited uh, verses and it'll import it all for you so you don't have to type it out. Yep. And then every like day it'll app. just send you the little notification like, hey, make sure you do your Bible memory. And it's like, okay, sit down for two or three minutes a day and doing it. Yep. And I feel like, yeah, it's like two or three minutes a day and like adding new verses and stuff just to keep it more consistent. But it's like, man, if I spend two to three minutes every day for the rest of my life, Doing that, how Dude. much Bible can I memorize, you know? That's crazy to think um, about. It's gonna be yeah, it's fun. I can't wait to look ahead to be like, oh yeah, like those two to three minutes actually were meaningful and like accumulated something from my life that's like worthwhile. You sure. Know? Cause like how easy is it to just like flip through Facebook or or whatever for like five, ten minutes a day? Yeah. You know, it's like and then what does that get you? Uh literally nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. If if anything, it just makes you feel worse about yourself, yes. right? So Dude, yeah, I used to use that
0: app. You know, speaking of spiritual, those ones that we started and stopped, I had a bunch of hmm. the verses just piled up on there. Sure. And I I actually logged on the other day to look at it and it said like, <laughs> I'm throwing myself under the bus here, but it was like overdue, like a thousand days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah. So I just, I just wiped it clean. I'm, I'm going to start it over. Nice. Because I got this silly little watch and little you can use it watch. on your watch. No way. Yeah. And so like when you tap it, you know how... Uh, On that one, it blocks out some of the words or whatever. This you can do where every time you tap it, a word pops up. Oh, nice. you can, you know, memorize your scripture on your little Apple Watch. Apple
1: Watch Series 5. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Nice. Well, that's probably the best use for your Apple Watch anyway. That
0: is. So So what else? Anything else?
1: Um, I don't know. Spiritual disciplines-wise? Oh, spiritual disciplines-wise. Uh, yeah, Bible memory is fun. I like it. Uh, it's great. I just think, um writing you know writing the words of god on your heart and like and your mind um is a worthwhile endeavor but i guess like contrasting that you know bringing me down a bit uh, the one that i've probably been the worst at was is prayer mm. you, ironically you know since that time yeah. um yeah like and i i mean it's pretty easy to uh look at that i guess but you know when you're spending an extended number of hours a day praying Mm -hmm. uh and then you're not you know maybe your prayer life is 10 15 minutes a day if that you Mm -hmm. know weekly you know um yeah it it definitely isn't uh ideal right sure know, it's uh, wanting that that closeness with god so i feel like i've just even been relearning how to pray you know trying to grow in that dude
0: you gotta teach yourself over and over yeah, it's Prayer's the, is crazy. We love
1: forgetting the good things in life, I think. Dude, so.
0: we forget how to pray so often.
1: It's easy. Yeah, it's easy to it really
0: is. Um, I wonder if people can hear Dalton right now. I don't, I don't know. He's rehearsing for our night of worship <laughs> the tomorrow big night. night. of worship, yeah. I can hear it through my headphones, so I'm sure they could probably hear it. Anyways. Maybe. Um what about. Your recent marriage, what are some of the biggest things you've learned with that? Oh, man.
1: Yeah, marriage is awesome. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's almost like ministry in that way. Like, you got to take the good with the bad. Totally. You know? Um It's really easy to see the ways I've become more mature with, like, even my speech, how much I speak, mm-hmm. um, what I say, what I use kind of in my vernacular or whatever. Uh, since I've been married, because my wife is just really sensitive to words, you know, and so what mm-hmm. I say really matters to her, and um, I just need to be a lot more careful with my tongue than I used to be, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I've I've been telling a lot of people this, but I think marriage isn't necessarily like a better life to live; it's just a completely different one. Totally. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people are like, "Well, if I get married, then then you know, I'd have more money, or I'd have more time, or mm-hmm. whatever," you know. And it's like, yeah, that could be true, but then you also have way more responsibility because mm-hmm. like when I go before God someday, right? Like I'm not only accountable for me, I'm accountable for her. Yeah. In some regard, you know? And so being someone that like yeah, like what Paul's saying, like I can't just think about, you know, sophomore me with no responsibility. Like, what does yep. God want for me like every day? Now it's like, okay, what does my job require of me? What is what does my wife require of me today? Do I need to go buy the groceries? Mm-hmm. Um you know, which I I don't really ever do anyway. (laughs) But, um, you know, there's just like, does the apartment need cleaned? Are we having people over? How do I get ready for that? Um, do I cook dinner tonight before she gets home? All this stuff that like, dude, like when I lived with just a bunch of bros last year, it's like, I could live my life at my time during, and go wherever I wanted. And I didn't have to tell anyone anything. Uh, now it's like, oh shoot, like I'm, definitely not my own person. Like, we weren't, ever since we became Christians, right, like, we belong to God. But, like, in a very visceral way, I feel like, oh, I'm totally not my own person. Mm. So even though, like, my wife is awesome, uh, Shay, you know. Um, (laughs) Hi, Shay. Hi, Shay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's great. Um, And I feel like of mm, all the people that I know, for me, she's probably the easiest person to be married to, just because she's really good at putting up with my crap. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I could just imagine, man, if I didn't marry someone that was like as temperate or like as mild mannered as she was, like mm. how much more difficult it would be. Yeah.
0: That's good. You learn quick. Real quick. You have well to you learn you quick. have to
1: learn quick, <laughs> otherwise yeah. it, it uh yeah, it doesn't go well.
0: <laughs> also, it's getting super
1: dark in here. It is. It's uh you know that Iowa sunset. Forgot to turn on the lights before
0: we started and Ooh. now the sun's setting It's getting dark. <laughs> 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 so as we're getting close to wrapping up here. What are some of your favorite books? Maybe most influential, mm. easiest to read.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've always been a big Tolkien nerd. I mean, yeah. Uh, joking,
0: Rolkin, <laughs> yeah. Tolkien.
1: you know how many people message me
0: about that still? They're like,
1: are you serious? You think thought I, it was that
0: I messaged you like last week about it. I'm pretty sure. sure. Oh yeah. You yeah. <laughs> so. Everybody, everybody thinks that's so funny.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I you, was genuinely duped. You got, you got, got, I got, got, yeah, you did. Um, but yeah, big Tolkien guy, and um, like Shay's mom for Christmas or my birthday or one of the two because they're close together, mm-hmm. um, got me like an encyclopedia of like his whole Middle Earth and like where he drew inspiration from like other mythologies wow. there uh, to like make his world and stuff. So, uh, big Tolkien guy. So like Lord of the Rings is great, Cimmerillion, awesome mm-hmm. book. Um, those aren't like necessarily super practical like, excuse me, Christian books or whatever that you should read. Um, if you want to become more godly or whatever. yeah. But I think even, like, The Hobbit, right, It's like, kind of, I just read them all over again this summer, and it's, mm-hmm. like, man, uh, looking at, like, Gandalf, like, leaving Bilbo for a while, and, like, he was, like, trying to figure out, like, how do I be among the dwarves, right? And, like, how do I, like, make this relationship work? Because I'm, like, I kind of suck at everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, eventually, like, finds his place, and, like, if Gandalf would have been there, like, holding his hand the whole time, like, who knows, like, what would have happened. Like, Bilbo, like, had to grow... Aside from Gandalf, you know? Sure. And so that's just like a really nerdy, like, in-depth, m- <laughs> my hot take on The Hobbit yeah, yeah. this time reading it. Uh, Hobbits, yeah. Tolkien, great. C.S. Lewis, um, super great. I mean, I'm going with, like, really easy answers here. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, Mere Christianity, um, you know, Scarlet Letter, Great Divorce, all those. It's just like, how do you... Think about Christianity like mentally and intellectually, and be able to like share it in like an intelligible way mm-hmm. with like modern, like postmodernists. I guess I don't know what I'm saying there, but yeah, like, how no, do I communicate sense. that uh, well? I think C.S. Lewis is great at. I, I think recently one of the best books I've read um, was Spurgeon that uh the Soul Winner. Yeah, the Soul Winner. dude. Yeah. that that book messed me up. It's a good one. It was a good one. It was uh, I think just like his word on like. Being faithful, like, with time. Like, Mm -hmm. how ministry is just, like, such an an effort of time. Yeah. Um, Just really good stuff to hear for my first year of ministry. Dude, that
0: just got so loud.
1: Yeah, I think because Courtney opened the door to the kids. I think when it closes, it'll get a little bit more.
0: Nice. The last thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Is that you are a, (laughs) what do you call it, dungeon master? A dungeon master, yeah. I was hanging out with you. We got Hardee's the other day. Yes, and I was learning for the first time what a dungeon master is. I'm still so confused, but so what for Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> you just like make a story, and then people enter into the story with you, and you guide them on a journey. Is that right? Sure. So it's
1: it's kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically, like okay. So for those of you that don't, know, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, which is a tabletop game. Yep. Um, that you can play with other people, and it's uh, you like make. A character and you play as them but not me because i'm the dungeon master right and so
0: so you're like kind of the
1: omnipresent yeah but narrator yeah so okay. I, i'm basically like the person that gives everyone else kind of rails to run on nice. in the game so for example like let's say someone's in a field like the, the group or the party is what the the term is like is in a field so that it's like you know however many people are around the table that aren't me are kind of in this field and they're like uh what do I see? And I'll be like, okay, like make a perception check, right? So they like roll a (laughs) dice and based on like their dice roll, I'll I'll like tell them what they see. So like they might see like, oh, there's like a, a band of like goblins that are going to come and eat you or whatever. Uh Or like there's someone crying for help in the forest. You should go help them or, or things like that. So I kind of like, Basically, like, create a world around them to do, like, what they want to do.
0: And so they're just asking you questions, basically? That's how they keep progressing and stuff?
1: Pretty much, yeah. So or like, do they tell
0: you, like, <laughs> we're walking
1: forward? Yeah, totally. Okay. So, like, um, they'll be like, okay, we're on the path. I'm like, great, This you're on the path. It's like a pretty well-worn path. You know, you can see lots of marks from past trade happening there. Uh, there's kind of two hills on your left and right. Kind of rolling over with like big trees and like the sunlight's kind of coming through. It's a little bit in the afternoon and kind of really try to get them to feel like they're there. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like explaining it to them. And they're like, okay, um, we want to set up a camp. So I'm like, great. Like you set up your camp. blah, blah. blah. This is what happens. And then you know, a myriad or like a plethora of uh, possibilities can can unfold.
0: That's awesome. You
1: know, so we were just playing last Saturday with with the group and. Um, Yeah, one of the things, like, they they just, like, finished, like, escorting a caravan from, like, a major capital to, like, a small town in the region, right? And they get, like, a little bit of money for their their thing. And, like, this guy comes up to him. He's like, hey, we have some missing kids. Can you help us out? Like, can you help us find the kids? Like, they're looking for the kids. And they find, like, this big, like, orc encampment. And they get, like, raided by the orcs. And so, like, (laughs) they have to kill all the orcs. And then they save the kids and bring them back. And now they're, like, wondering, what do we do next? Do we have to, like, return them to their families? You know, like... What does this look like? Yeah. And so it's just kind of like this really, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's like this really kind of creative um, thing. And, like, it's it's pretty interesting because, like, my dad had, like, a, he really liked the game back uh-huh. in, like, the 80s. But, like, during the 80s, there was, like, this big kind of demonization of the game. Sure. Uh, just kind of, like, occult stuff. And, you know, like, people didn't know much about it. And so, like, they feared it. But it's, like... I don't know, like for me, it was like a really good opportunity to hang out with people that didn't know Jesus and yeah. like make a relationship with them. And so that's kind of why I got into it. Just to, like hang out with the guys in my seat group more in my sophomore year, my sister. Um, nice. Yeah. Just trying to make relationships with those people and, you know, get them uh, involved in like a community that means something, I guess. Yeah. So it's fun to kind of, I haven't really done played or anything since my sophomore year even. Summer year was kind of like a legendary year for me. I like really peaked there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, even like just getting back to it so I can hang out with like the Ailers and the Keegans and my sister a bit, uh, you know, once a month or whatever. It's just, it's kind of fun.
0: That is fun. Cool. All right. I got one last question for you. Great. Closing question. When you envision your life at 70 years old, 70 year old Zach, what do you see?
1: Jeez, man. Um yeah, I think Shay and me, the bunch of babies. Well they'll be like pretty much full of by then, right? <laughs> Depending on how late we went. No fresh babies. Fresh babies. <laughs> <laughs> no um, How many kids? We're probably around five or six, probably. There you go. Around there. In that ballpark, as yep. it were. Might adopt a few, might might just have a ton of kids. We'll see. Yep. Um, grandkids would be sweet. I'm really excited to be a dad at some point. Not right now. Uh with like student loans. I just kind of want to mm-hmm. focus on getting them out so I can start preparing better to like have a kid, but you know, uh, there'll be a really, really big step I think to take in life. Yeah. If have a kid, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I think, you know, I don't know a thing about being a dad. Um, but it'd be fun to, to work through that. So having kids, um, I don't know, man, probably living out in Wyoming on the big range yeah. or something. We'll see next to Kanye, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of possibilities out there, and so I mean, I could be living internationally. It could be right here in Iowa City. It could be on the East Coast. Who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm just excited to kind of get to that point where I'm like really old and can just look back more because I feel like one of the best parts about getting older is like you can look farther back into your life of like God being faithful to you. Yeah. So like I can look back, you know, when I was eight years old, and even how like God was ordaining things to happen in my life so that one day i would meet him right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but being able to do that for you know 23 years now for me has been great but then you know being able to do that for like 70 oh yeah, man like yeah. that's gonna be so fun that would be sweet or i could just like die tomorrow okay? yeah that's and true not make it It could be in heaven i could <laughs> yeah i could be either waiting to go there for a long time or not yeah so. either way is fine with me nice dude
0: um if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, yeah, how could they do that?
1: Uh, you can hit me up at my email, I guess. What's your email? ZacharyRow7 at gmail.com. So that's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y number 7 at gmail.com. Nice.
0: Any last words or anything? No, man. This was fun. Dude, it was a blast. Thanks so much for hanging out and coming on. I I uh, think a lot of people are going to enjoy this one. So Sweet. Sweet. Thanks, folks. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and Zach's crazy life, his crazy self. Uh, Introduce yourself to him at church. Hit him up on his email, whatever. Get to know him. Um, I don't think I have anything else for you guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year's. We'll see you around. Peace out.